Welcome to Inbound Sales Journey. If you want to hone your sales skills and learn from the leaders on inbound selling, you've come to the right place. This episode of Inbound Sales Journey is brought to you by Do Inbound, the world's first project and process management platform built specifically for inbound marketing agencies. Learn more at doinbound.com. Now, here are your hosts, Ryan and Gray. Welcome back to Inbound Sales Journey. I'm your host, Gray McKenzie. I am joined by Ryan Herman, my co-host today. And I'm excited to be diving into a question relating to inbound sales, specifically the agency world here today. And so what we're going to try and tackle today is should prospecting and sales be separate roles at your agency? Ryan, I want to get your input on this first. What's your initial take on trying to split up those two key roles? My initial thought when I first read this was it depends on your resources. As an agency, that's going to be a pretty quick clarifier as to whether or not these should be separate roles. Some people are struggling just to have one full-time sales rep, let alone a second position of someone who is doing some prospecting for them, kind of handling that initial phase, either with answering some questions for people or for going and finding new leads, getting them in the database and reaching out and trying to get uh, appointments for salespeople. Now, I will say in an ideal situation, having them as two separate roles, I think sounds like a great idea. And the reason I think that this is true is I think that there are, and this is going to be like a a gross generalization, but I have worked with a lot of salespeople and it is almost universal. And that is that salespeople are more often than not a big picture, not awesome with details, not the most organized people, and don't appreciate doing tedious tasks. And with that, prospecting can be very difficult for them. And I know for myself, I'm, I'm a little bit more wired that way. I have done a lot of prospecting for, um, I've done some for Guava Box, I've done it for Do Inbound, I did a little bit at Ryan Homes, although I had some assistants that would mostly do that for me. But that's why I can say that I like it to be done for me because I it's not my my favorite job. I know that you know talking with HubSpot and we, I do some small group sessions with them and I've talked to them about what their process is. They split it up into two roles. I'm not saying because HubSpot does it, everyone has to do it by any means. But I know that if the resources are there, it can be a great thing because you're utilizing two different types of personality skills well. The people who are really good at selling are of high value to your agency. And if they can spend most of their time on on sales calls and talking with people and selling, that is using their best abilities to the highest level continuously. If they are weaker at prospecting, but they still have to do it, it's probably going to be not done as efficiently, as effectively. They're probably not going to like to do it as much. But I think realistically, especially if you're a smaller agency, you are going to have to have someone do both. And if that is the case, there needs to be a system in place for people to do that. Whether you create it or you have the salesperson work on creating that, whoever's strong with creating systems needs to at least help and oversee that. Uh, Gray, I know, you know, for us, it's not one of my biggest strengths, but I laid the framework, the foundation, and you helped kind of tidy it up and added in some efficiencies I didn't know about, you know, when it came to to prospecting. So those are my thoughts. The other option is part-time 
positions for prospecting or hiring virtual assistants. Uh, we haven't done this, Gray. We've thought about this, or at least I've thought about this because I'm always thinking of ways to get out of this, but hiring a virtual assistant and giving them a framework and a guideline of this is the type of people, this is how and is an effective way to do it, and hiring them on an hourly basis to do some prospecting might be another solution to consider. So those are kind of my thoughts from the top of my head, Gray. Yeah, Ryan, before I – I've got a couple other thoughts to add, but I'm just curious to know how you would define prospecting here. Are we talking about prospecting? Are you talking about prospecting right now in terms of going through the leads that are coming into your database and doing some outbound, not necessarily outbound, uh, but but prospecting of folks who aren't in your database right now? Or are you talking explicitly or kind of limited to prospecting for folks who are not currently in your database? I guess I was talking kind of about both, but... See, I have mixed feelings on this too, Gray. It's hard to give an answer to this, honestly, because it depends on how many leads you have coming in and what the time limit is for people. Because I I know in HubSpot, they right until you're going to purchase HubSpot, they have someone who is not the sales rep you're going to talk to helping you through that. When I sold houses... I liked being a little bit more in control. So if I did have someone engaged, like I had my assistants mostly work on making that first phone call, getting them interested in anything past that I take over. So where that line is, you know, of of when the salesperson takes over, I think most salespeople, they're again, a little more type A people or probably want to take control of that a little bit earlier. So I guess I'm talking mostly about prospecting from a completely cold lead, but even I know it's not uncommon that people who have come into your database to not have the salesperson be the first person to talk to them. But I think maybe a way to break it down and to actually put like a quantitative approach to it would be what type of lead are they? So maybe just a top of the funnel lead, you have the person who handles a lot of prospecting, reach out to them first. But if they're an MQL, if they're an SQL, a marketing or sales qualified lead, at that point, they transition over to the sales team. So there's a few different ways you can do it. But I would say certainly for cold leads and digging those up, a virtual assistant or someone who is good at that, who is organized, that those are pretty different skills between someone who can do that and someone who can sell. Yeah, cool. I think that's helpful to know. And I guess you'd have to, I'm excited we're going to be talking in an upcoming episode about the idea of kind of cold emailing versus cold calling. Should you be doing either? And if so, which one? But one thing you could think about is if you're using a tool like HubSpot CRM and you have Sidekick for Business where you have the sequences capability, you could use whoever is doing prospecting for you to automatically enroll them in a sequence that you know that is triggered and they could be enrolling someone in a sequence for your salesperson to then kind of deal with that. So there are some uh, you know there's some ways that you could get creative to try and automate as much as possible the well automate as much as possible plus have your prospecting person take the lead there. So we haven't done this. So that's why I don't have a whole lot more to add to that, Ryan. But I would just say a couple of things is you definitely need to make sure that you have a strong system in place to make sure that you're not dropping balls here. The last thing you want to do is be reaching out to people and then not responding to them. And the flip side is you don't want to be coming up with all these contact records on the prospecting side and then never getting in touch with those people at all. Both ways, there's wasted inefficiency. And so knowing your own resources and just kind of figuring out as you go what makes sense 
I think is big. I will say that from a sales side of things, not necessarily separate roles, but they are separate functions. So back when I was doing the bulk of the sales at Guava Box, I would try and spend a block of time doing prospecting. So shoot for at a, at a minimum of an hour a day. And I'd usually do that in the mid morning and I would try and block after that like the middle of the day and depending on time zones and who you're talking to for sales calls. So even if it's the same person, you might have separate chunks of time where you, you're you not trying to go back and forth between the different roles. I think that's something that a lot of salespeople struggle with is trying to flip the switch back and forth. And what inevitably happens is we're humans and we flip back to what's easier. And I'd rather be talking to people and following up with people than going out and trying to find new contact records and attracting new folks. So those are a couple of thoughts. The one other thought is if you're considering doing this, and you want to do it, figure out how can we run kind of a, a bare bones test before we go in whole hog on this thing to figure out whether this can work. So before we have another full-time role or even a part-time role, how can we run a time-limited test and get an idea of what this is going to look like, what's the system that we need in place to run a quick test, figure out the results, and decide whether you go, whether you go all in on this or not. So, and, and that's not just for this, that's for anything that you're doing in your business, really. As you're trying to evaluate and figure out what's the best way to go ahead, how can you run tests and, and figure out what's going to make the biggest impact for the business in the end? Anything you'd throw into that, Ryan? Mm, no, I think that, that we answered this one pretty good. It's This one's a little bit tougher for us because we haven't done it, other than I've done it in, in other settings. But I think, you know what, Greg, it really comes down to what type of personnel are, are you working with? Because I know that there are maybe, you know, some salespeople out there that are great at prospecting, they're organized, it kind of fits in, and they like to have total control of things. Give it a shot. But I think as soon as you get to the point where you could be on sales calls, you know, pretty thoroughly throughout the day, if it gets to that point where you're missing opportunities and you're not letting the, the salesperson, the person that's the best one to capitalize on that, do their job, that that you need to start to make a little bit of a switch and break these, these two things up. Because it, on one hand, if you're to that point, that's great, but you probably got there through prospecting. So you don't want to now make the switch, have the salesperson just deal with the leads that are coming in and do the actual selling. Because if you then neglect prospecting, then you're going to see this kind of up and down cycle of we're really busy, we're really slow, really busy, really slow. So ideally, you want to be making sure you hit both up until the point where capacity is full or before that, acknowledge, I have a salesperson who is a wonderful salesperson. They are not detail-oriented. They cannot follow this process. And we're struggling because our prospecting is weak. You need to fix that solution. So it's it's a lot of kind of internally, where are we at? What do we need? And, and go from there. Cool. Good stuff. Well, let's wrap up there, Ryan. I think this is something that I'd be really curious to, to hear about from other folks. Talk to a couple of folks who are currently doing this. But hear from more agencies who are trying to implement this or figure out how to do this on how it's working right now. So if that's you, shoot us an email. Let us know. If you want the show notes for this episode and any other one, head to doinbound.com slash sales journey. And the last thing I'll throw out there is we just finished up going through a bunch of objections that we hear when selling inbound services. And if you want to access an ebook that has the list of objections, our short answers, and links to the podcast episode, so you can use that as a cheat sheet in your sales process, just go to doinbound.com slash objections ebook, and you can grab it right there. All right. Well, tune in next week. We are going to be talking through how to price a retainer, and we'll see you then. Thank you for listening to Inbound Sales Journey. 
You can find the show's notes for today's episode at doinbound.com slash salesjourney. That's doinbound, all one word, dot com slash salesjourney. Today's show is sponsored by Do Inbound, the world's first project and process management platform built specifically for inbound marketing agencies. Learn more at doinbound.com. If you enjoyed this episode, why don't you head over to iTunes and subscribe. Make sure you leave us a review of the show. Until next time, remember, life is a journey. Keep moving forward.